0: While they would take a short two-year break from Godzilla films, Toho wasn't finished with Daikaiju action-adventure films. So Ashiro Honda was back on set with a host of new monsters and young actors. This is Kaiju vs. History Space Amoeba.
1: kaiju versus history. This is your photojournalist host Patrick and joining me is the Dai kaiju scientist looking for giant beast Miles. Ooh, welcome Miles. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, how are um, you doing?
0: Doing alright. Uh, this was a weird one
1: to do, honestly. Yeah. Yes, a I would say a very forgotten uh, show, a kaiju movie indeed. There are a lot of kaiju films that don't have godzilla in them even ones that jira honda did and a lot of them that are overlooked i think this one is uh is definitely high up on that list for, it, it, for it sure. is
0: it is certainly overlooked and we will get into whether or not that is for a reason <laughs> yes but before we talk about 1970s
1: space amoeba
0: patrick tell us what's
1: in a title a lot is in the title. The Japanese literal ti- title <laughs> is is very similar to the naming conventions of all their other movies. It's got the monsters' names, <laughs> and this one is translates to Gizora, Genemies and Kamibas Battle Giant Monsters of the South Seas." It is a <laughs> a bit of a mouthful: Gyzeraganami Kamiba, Kessen Nakai no daikaiju. Space Amoeba, I don't think is a better title, but it's definitely more succinct. The uh, Another one of the final draft uh, titles was just Great Monster Assault, Kaiju Daishuku Jeke. Attack of the Giant Sea Monsters was another th- title thrown out there. Went through a number of drafts. This story script, I believe, actually came from about four or five years earlier, like 65 or 66, when I had a bit of a bigger budget in mind. And mm. I think that it was they were planning on doing this one as a co-production with the U.S. So it would have some U.S. dollars behind it and using some of that money to make a a more kind of worldly story, so the, the kaiju are threatening to destroy different areas here. Uh is all set on one island, which we get some of our other titles. Jumbo Monster Island was the eight millimeter Japanese title. The US title, which some people might have heard of this, was Yog Monster from Space. I think it might might have perhaps that, lapsed. That title sounds familiar. Yes. It might have lapsed into some public domain publications under YOG from, from when it was brought over and and translated the invaders from space or the danger came from space from French and Dutch Belgium titles. And I'm just scanning the list here. There's so many different ones. Unfortunately, no Frankenstein title from West Germany. It was called monsters of horror attack there. (laughs) Yeah. This, this movie did get a good amount of releases worldwide. It was, as we mentioned, another Ashiro Honda-directed Toho Studios film. This is one of the few that Tomiyuki Tanaka did not have his hands on directly. He was very busy scheduling and orchestrating parts of the 1970s expo, the the J- japanese osaka expo and the producing had to go to uh, Fumio Tanaka who <laughs> supposedly is not related to Tomiyuka Tanaka but they kind of went hands off on this film and allowed Ashiro Honda to to move forward in in you know a- after he's done about a, a dozen different kaiju movies maybe you uh <laughs> can can allow the director to just make what he wants, but uh, <laughs> supposedly still they were not happy with a lot of like the dailies and things that were coming out of this film. But right up front, we should talk about this is kind of the, the last gasp of these studio Toho films as after this movie, Ashira uh, a Honda's contract, his studio contract was coming to a close and he didn't fight to have it renewed and he in in his biographer, the uh, the bio of Shiro Honda by Gajewitski and and Rifle I don't know if you remember this part he was so unhappy with kind of the situation he he asked his wife to <laughs> to go explain that he was leaving the the company and not renewing the contract and indeed that this was his last film under contract with Toho obviously He's going to come back and direct another Godzilla movie before the end of the Showa era. But yeah, this is the the end of a very long era, as indeed he'd been working at Toho for almost 40 years at this point, I think like 37 years since even before the, the war started. You can
0: you can definitely feel I feel there is an exhaustion in this mm-hmm. movie and and. That's not really me being funny it certainly feels like someone who is who had an idea, but after so many things not working out to get the idea solidified on screen this movie this movie certainly feels like a sigh, well, yeah,
1: you know, the <laughs> former producer uh, Tomiyuki Tanaka expressed disdain at how many recycled plots were were in this film, I can't really blame him for that. Um, I mean, this is a Monster Island movie. It, it is a Monster Island it is very similar to a, a son of Godzilla, but there's also elements of so many of other Honda directed kaiju films, you know, from uh, Mothra to uh, I had a list of all, all the similarities between this movie and others. But really, you know, son of Godzilla stands stands out for for that reason. Um Another film where we do not have child actors really in in the movie much. I think there's like one native child that, that <laughs> shows up. But besides that, is a very kind of adult film, I guess, in, in that respect. A little bit of Ebra, Horror of the Deep in this movie as well. A bunch of people kind of coming to this, this remote island. I mean, at the core of
0: this movie is a really cool horror film. I mean, this is this is essentially a thing from another world. Yeah, yeah. and and that idea through the lens of a kaiju film is exceptionally fascinating, and I I was so excited for that aspect of it, but at every turn, it just doesn't do anything interesting. But
1: tell us a little bit about the the plot as as you remember it, because. So much of it went in one ear and out the other, (laughs) even while I was watching the movie. So at the beginning of
0: the film, you have this, this exploratory vessel going out in space and you see that something blue and, and lightful comes in and we are told that this, this vessel disappeared. And at the beginning of the movie, we have kind of the, the, one of the main characters who is a photojournalist, he sees what he swears is this the, I think the Helios 7 is the name of the ship? I believe you are correct. And so his newspaper doesn't believe him, but he gets contracted by this group who's going off to this island because they, they think they've, they've, they've found something, mm-hmm. essentially. And when they get there, we've, all, well, as the audience, we've already seen that there is a giant squid creature that, that takes out somebody. And when they get there, the situation is a little dire between the, the Japanese people and the natives. They have had a long standing relationship, but the Japanese seem to have angered what the native islanders feel is a sea god. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who we, we will find out is essentially this space creature. And every time this space creature gets defeated, we see this blue light leave a creature, enter another one, and then all of a sudden, there's a
1: new kaiju. And, and- it, it reminded me, of actually, a good deal of Ghidorah, the three headed monster, kind of like the alien spirits of of that film, mm-hmm. and but- also shades of King Kong versus Godzilla because we had a a, a squid, a literal giant squid, attacking a a thatch r- roof building in that movie as well, right?
0: But where we get I mean, obviously the concept's there, but once the the space honestly space and maybe was not a bad title because once these creatures mm-hmm. get inside of a human being and we give voice to the alien beings, it's essentially a thing from another world.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean T- takes over like, we, some we can, humans, can, takes over We can take
0: over humans, we can take over any any biological Creature on Earth and make it bigger and better. And I'm thankful we didn't get some sort of Frankenstein situation uh, or <laughs> Japanese Frankenstein situation where like the corporate spy grew ten stories
1: tall and we yeah, had to deal that, with that. That could have been fun as well. But yeah, sure. th- th- this, um, I feel like this movie is missing that heroic monster character, though. You know
0: that that and that's 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 the thing is there's no there's no personality here. And, yeah, we, we have, even though we have some
1: classic Toho actors
0: in, yeah, these major and, that, and roles. it's a bummer because I appreciate the attempt to have different creatures. I liked seeing the giant squid. I liked the concept. That suit was
1: awful. Yes. And the, the, the
0: puppetry for the, for the legs was pretty good, but the suit itself was awful.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm that the the special effects were not done by Superaya he actually passed away i believe a few days into production at this point he had only been kind of like signing off on on the things that he worked for at toho but his is the the main role of effects designer i believe uh, do i have it in my notes here the director of special effects was Satamasa Arikawa who I think was quoted in that, that Shiro Honda biography as saying that, <laughs> you know, Honda was like, basically just do as, as great a job as you can. You know, there's no filling boots here kind of situation. And there was a lot to, to keep up with in this movie with multiple kaiju suits in, in, in battle scenes. I don't think it is, unfortunately, a, a well executed kaiju film. In the end, because of that, there's three new suits, and the suit actors, including uh, Haru Nakajima, as a few of the the uh, the monsters here in, in in various stages of the film. Just uh, they weren't able to uh, emote him as much. They're they're very heavy and oddly designed monster suits. Should we, should we talk yeah. about the the suits uh, a little bit more?
0: Yeah, I mean, I so for the the squid suit. There are certainly different moving pieces, which I appreciate them attempting. But because of that, it makes it feel even less grounded in reality. Like, it, it feels mm. like it's a cloth suit, almost. Like, it, it just, it looks, it looks fake. I mean, and mm. and and that's not to say that, like, any of these these suits ever look hyper-realistic. But, like, there is a certain degree of, like, on my meter that I kind of allow. <laughs> and while I, I I am fine with nonsense in a nonsense movie, I feel like Honda wasn't trying to make a nonsense movie. I think he was trying to make another kaiju film that was interesting. And this creature is legitimately supposed to be doing harm and is supposed to be scary. And I don't think they were able to pull that off with this this the suit.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a problem in that they tried to make it extremely light, so the the actor can go from like water to 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 land and can like carry it themselves, as opposed to like a Ghidorah where it was it was wire worked. As a lot of these were outdoor shots, or shot on location. But yeah, I think part of the <laughs> what makes the original Godzilla work so well in that summation is it was an extremely heavy. Costume. I know they 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 worked on getting the weight down, so actors like Haru Nakajima could have more flexibility, mobility. But yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, them moving slow and and kind of having difficulty moving works for <laughs> suspension of disbelief that this is a a huge monster moving around, lumbering around, and Yogg <laughs> or Gazora <laughs> as he's known in the the Japanese word, which comes from the the word gesso meaning kind of squid legs. All all the monsters names are kind of derived from the the base animal which they spring forth from. Yeah, Gazora is is not my favorite. I actually enjoy Kamebus, the the sea turtle creature which mm-hmm. will come back in <laughs> a Godzilla movie in the in the the further future which is pretty funny. And I was looking for Ganymese the is I believe an Ebera suit that was modified, or or parts of the Ebera suit, I think, were used for for this monster as well. I guess two monsters. I think two of them show up in the movie. If that makes sense, but it's like the same suit <laughs> that they use for both. Makes ones. sense. One one gets destroyed and then it comes back at the end. Did you have a favorite of the the three miles? I mean, no.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, not really. Uh, 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 the turtleish creature, I think, was probably the more entertaining. But Kamibas, yeah. I no, I didn't. I, yeah. I I feel like what 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 a, what's a bummer about this movie is any time that it does something somewhat interesting, it goes into the least interesting direct direction, or in the oh, this is how it's this is going to happen, and it, it it does like at the end when. The, the two creatures are fighting. You know the other one's going to drag the other one the volcano to solve the problem for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the human story is just there. I mean, I know I complained last week about the human story in Gamma versus Jiger, but like this is and this is basically a Monster Island story that mm-hmm. they just use different monsters for, which is fine. But without, I think, without a hero monster or without a recognizable monster, just. Plastering on some names, especially when there's a multitude. Like if you call a movie Mothra and you're introducing Mothra, that's one thing. But to just introduce a bunch of creatures that no one cares about, no one knows, and frankly have no consequence because all those creatures die, Mm. it it doesn't do anything, and it does. I I don't think it did anything for the audience either, because and it bums me out because I have loved Honda's output for his original science fiction films outside of his kaiju movies mm-hmm. and this being you know both where it's an original kaiju movie and an original science fiction film i was super excited especially after how much i loved latitude zero i was really excited to see oh man when honda gets to do his own kaiju film again that's separate <laughs> from the franchise and then it's like oh wait but he is neck tied to what Toho can do and Toho gave them nothing. It's supposed to be filmed in Guam and it ended up being filmed like a couple hundred miles south of Tokyo.
1: Like... Yeah. Yeah. Hachigo Hachijo Island. Indeed. It's a, a, a small volcanic island. Definitely cut some corners going there and have a nickname Hawaii of Japan from the 60s to encourage tourism. Which... It it's still what's kind of known for today. The neighboring smaller island, uh, Hachikojima, is where they filmed Battle Royale, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and love they, that movie. They filmed this movie, <laughs> Space Amoeba, in January, which it actually is quite cold in, in Japan at that time. It's like you know fifties kind of each day, uh, fifty degree. Uh, Fahrenheit. Not here. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cold weather, and, you know, all the actors were pretending that it was the, the summertime, and I couldn't really tell that while I was watching the movie, but I felt bad for them
0: afterwards.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, that's what's one of many examples of the, the budget here kind of being slashed down a good deal.
0: Yeah, and, and the the wild thing is, like, I don't mind that it's derivative. Like, that's fine if you show me a good time, but the problem was they, they didn't show me a good time.
1: Yeah. And despite the actors, like we said, uh, really enjoying them in other Toho works, Akira Kubo is our journalist's main character. And we got I Kenji Sahara in the film. Yeah. He, he's fine as the main here. It's just, you are correct. They did not give them a lot to do. It seemed like there was a lot of human plot in, you know, them finding the weapons on the island and you know trying to figure out a way to stop these these giant creatures and, and blow up the island and things like that. But yeah,
0: yeah, no, I, I like uh, Kira Kubo a lot, and I'm I'm really bummed that they just didn't give him much to do because he he's got so much personality in his acting, and mm-hmm. you know we've seen him in Gorath and Astro Monster and some of Godzilla Destroyer monsters, like he's. He'll, he has popped up and he will continue to pop up in movies that we, well, not continue, he'll pop up in two more movies that we're going <laughs> to see as sort of like honorary, I guess, cast member because he, he'll pop up in uh, Gamera, Garden Universe, and The Great Buddha Arrival.
1: Yes, yeah, a lot of, a lot of classic Toho actors. Um, Dr. Maya is played by uh, Yoshia Shuchaya who's one of the classic villains one of the the uh, zillions and things from from the Godzilla films Mm -hmm. yeah in general not too much inspired scripting here it did feel fairly derivative of of a lot of other of the giant monster movies that uh, Shiro Honda had had did it it points this out in the the docu or the um biography as well how a lot of this, the big action sequences and plot points are, are kind of lifted from, from other kaiju movies that, that Honda did at the time. There was some animosity on set as well because they, you know, as I said, they had lost Subaraya, AJ Subaraya at the beginning of production while he wasn't like working hand in hand on this film, obviously all the production designers and the Shira Honda himself were very close to the man. They wanted to add an in memoriam, you know, or Mm -hmm. this film was dedicated to that kind of thing to the crawl or the end credits and were turned down by Toho. And it's like, I, you know, maybe it's because they were in, a financial pinch and they were in a bad mood, but that seemed like such an easy thing to mm-hmm. do for, for this film to, to kind of raise morale. And yeah, denying that made a lot of people extremely unhappy on the, the crew for, for this film. Like I said, maybe, maybe it was, there were bad feelings because, you know, TV was doing very well at the time and movie studios like Toho were really Hurtin' in the, the purse strings. <laughs> um We mentioned this is Shira Honda's last film under contract. It would be kind of similar for some of these actors that Toho had used for upwards of a decade under contract as well. And They would be moving, and we will see in in the Champion series, to younger and more unknown actors after this, out of contract on a, you know, single film basis. So, in a lot of ways, this is kind of a little bit of a swan song for the powerhouse that was 60s Showa era. Mostly Godzilla, but old old giant kaiju films that came out of Toho Studios. Do do you have any any other <laughs> tidbits or or things you wanted to chat about before we we rate space amoeba any favorite scenes or other things that maybe worked for you in this film I'm trying to I, honestly the uh the music the music is pretty good right yeah so um i I
0: remember noting the the opening music I was like oh this has a different different vibe it's 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 certainly. Different than I'm what I'm expecting of like the Godzilla series or even some of the other Honda science fiction films. So I was like, this is, this is a cool, different sound, at least in mm-hmm. the opening and, and throughout. It's, it's, it's really solid, but I, I just, I really appreciated that the, the film, it's uh, the music itself attempted to give
1: a different tone. And music was done by Akira Ifakube, mm-hmm. um, who hadn't done all the Godzilla movies of, of the last. Few iterations. Uh, I mean, I I think pretty sure he did do destroy all monsters, but it is interesting that he come back for this non Godzilla movie and and create a a new new soundtrack. Yeah, I think I agree with you on on that element there. Not a big um, legacy for this film, unfortunately. We're not going to see Yogg again anytime soon. No, no.
0: I do like th- there are some, and what's bum a bummer to me is like there are some character moments like. I feel like the characters are just there, but every now and then they have something cool to offer. Like the, the doctor's ex- existential crisis over not knowing anything about the, the creature itself, where he's like, Oh, my, my biology knowledge is useless <laughs> here is honestly kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I, I thought that that was like, Oh, I came here to, to explore monsters. And then all of a sudden I am, I am introduced to something that I can't explain and it doesn't come from the earth as I know it. And Mm -hmm. oh no, and (laughs) that that is fascinating. I really would have loved to explore that kind of honestly Lovecraftian fear that this kind of cosmic creature could cause.
1: Yeah, it feels like that's a a a route they could have gone down more with a a scarier kind of kaiju movie of them being stuck on this island. I feel like
0: this could have been a really. I mean, again. I got I got real big thing from another world vibes. And I'm specifically Mm -hmm. saying that because John Carpenter's a thing hasn't come out yet.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, makes sense. But
0: But. there is that kind of vibe that this movie touches on.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And I really would have liked that. Other other things that that popped out to me are not great. Like we're going to have a wedding. And I'm the entire time I'm like, uh, read the room. <laughs> yeah, not and the time. The groom isn't even conscious for this.
1: Like, I, I, I think I know how to fix this movie. We talked about how there need to be a hero monster. I feel like this would have made a pretty good Mothra movie. You know, what if this island was infant yes, island? A hundred percent, yes. Just if, straight if up this Mothra. Had been 2. Infinite
0: island. Yes, if this had been Mothra two, this that could have saved this movie. Well,
1: they could have also done it in stages where we had seen a, a, a larval Mothra fighting, you know, Gazora first and then maybe beats them, but has to turn into a winged Mothra to fight some, some of the other creatures. It, It feels like something along those lines. I don't think we need Godzilla in this movie, but some other heroic Kaiju would have Made this a, a, a you know obviously a much better better film experience. Also, and that,
0: mm-hmm. the monster
1: is kind of dumb
0: because so he <laughs> the, the does space this, whole, itself, yeah. this whole shenanigans. This whole song and dance. They they find out that like sonic frequencies mess
1: with the creature, like that of a bat. Yep,
0: right. And so when it possesses the guy, the the guy proceeds to oh I'm gonna I'm gonna basically seal in these bats in this cave and and then i'm gonna kill these guys and and the world's mine and I, <laughs> the entire time i'm thinking if this peanut gallery can figure it out i'm pretty <laughs> sure other people in the world can figure this out
1: yeah exactly bats were my undoing this entire time yeah that's why we, we need a bat kaiju to fight <laughs> <laughs> fight the uh the space one Anima. yes we 100 percent need a bat kaiju um, <laughs> so so close with gauss but not quite there now
0: yeah th- th- there are some there are some odd choices in this movie that certainly make it an entertaining film and i hate i hate going back to this as an mst3k movie this is a gold
1: mine yeah that's the thing if if, if this had if it feels like one that they could have done but I'm not even sure if this got a, a US. I don't
0: think it even released theatrical here. I mean, I know that they have they had the YOG, but I think we didn't get the the full uncut version to like the mid 2000s, which is a bummer.
1: No, I think it, it looks like YOG came out in 1971.
0: No, YOG um, did, but I think the full the full oh. Japanese version like didn't come out until like
1: 2006. Oh yeah, I, I believe you are correct.
0: And. On one hand, it's a bummer. Like, like I cannot like this movie. That's fine. I still think that this movie should be seen and should be experienced because I think Ishiro Honda, and this being one of his final directorial roles, I think he's one of the unsung hero directors of the 20th century in pop culture in general. I think he had a lot to offer. I think he's a phenomenal director who never got the chance outside of a couple of times to make... The film that he wanted to make, Gojiro being one for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think he is, I mean, he's one of my favorite directors in, mm. in that sense. And it's unfortunate that this movie suffers the way it does because I can see where this movie can go right. And yeah. And yeah. I understand that some people might think it's a cop out, but like, look, if, if the studio's not behind you and they're not going to fund
1: what you need to do, There's only so much you can do, and especially in a movie like this. This feels like, you know, he was some of what he wanted to do was snatched back, clawed back from the studios in the same way that Noriyaki Yuasa was with Dae. His budget was slashed. He wasn't given the locations, the 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 props, the budget that he needed. And he just had to do with. What he he could, and it's a shame because I feel like this is indeed kind of the first Shiro Honda miss. Maybe not yeah. including Varin, but I don't think Varen's a miss though. Uh, yeah, I mean, compared to his uh, his other films, maybe no. But 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 like
0: Varin being a TV project that that like right beforehand, they like, oh, by the way, we're going to theaters. Like that's yeah. not his fault again, yeah. and just like this, I mean, that, that's <laughs> not that's not Honda's fault at all. It's,
1: it's a good point.
0: Like. Like variant on TV at that time would have blown people away.
1: Mm. And yeah, yeah, but this being his last film under contract, i kind of wish it indeed was the uh, his his prior movie. at Zero. Um, well, Which no, All was... Monsters Attack.
0: Oh uh, well, that that's fine too. I I think my like original like like his right, own right, right. non-franchise movie
1: yeah no this is this is his last one in that respect of course he is going to come back for terror of mechagodzilla not under contract but still finishes out the showa era strong um let's talk about this movie's rating though or personal enjoyment yeah. for the film i liked it i did not love it this has the mm. bones of another island adventure like we talked about it seems like it should be all there on, on paper, you know, multiple kaiju fighting it out. We have this antagonist, uh, that we've, we've kind of used before in like a disembodied alien and Ishiro Honda at the helm. But it does feel like a, a few elements of this production had kind of checked out early. Yeah. And maybe it was indeed EJ Subaraya passing away that. It just felt like it sucked the the wind out of the sails for for this production in a way that it didn't for other non Godzilla movies like D- Dagora Gorath or the gargantuas yeah so i'm I'm giving this a pretty low score, I think maybe the lowest personal enjoyment of any Shiro Honda film that we've we've looked at uh giving this one a six out of 10 miles six out of 10 what about you
0: you know i'm with you I, I i initially gave it a little bit of a higher score because i very much respect Ishira honda and his vision but just because i do does not forgive a lot of this movie's problems and even his personal enjoyment like the uh, there's a lot of this movie where i'm kind of like i watch i'm looking <laughs> like i'm Doing other things while this movie's going on, even though I'm watching it in Japanese and I'm thinking, oh, it doesn't matter. I know what's going on. And yeah. that's a problem. Like, if I'm not, like, if I'm not pausing at any moment where I have to be just dis- like distracted by something else and. Exactly. Thinking, oh, I'm fine. That's an issue. And. Yeah. So I, f- I found this one a little bit more, more of a slog than any other Honda's films. So I, I, yeah, six out of 10 for me. Cause I think, I think it's enjoyable. Enough. It's a baseline good movie, <laughs> but so it, it's you, rough.
1: You mentioned it already, though would have made a perfect MST3K. I mean, it still can be an MST3K film, a new, new season episode. I hope they pull this one from the vaults, but this could be one of their, their best in that respect. What about the technical aspects? What would you give it on a uh, scale of one to 10? You know, initially I was, I was leaning
0: seven because again, Honda bias, but I'm probably going to back down again and go six out of 10. A lot of the suits don't work. The script is all right. I, I, I think there is a character there in the photojournalist and that's it. There are moments of potential. Brilliance that could have been had in this in this this feature that if they had extrapolated would have been amazing and maybe in the initial script that's there I could a hundred percent believe that but the movie we saw just mm-hmm. doesn't deliver so I'm 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 going six out of ten on that one.
1: yeah I'm I'm so I think I'm going a little bit lower I'm giving it a five out of ten Ooh. I th- I think without the the budget and the time to cook up what they needed to for a, a full movie. And it's so funny because we've seen Ashira Honda produce something extremely quickly as well that is is better than this. I, I just, I think so much of those performances with the pseudimation, everything felt just a bit, suffered a, a bit under that rush to, to make yes. the movie. Conceptually, the script isn't terrible, but maybe the repetitive elements are making it little difficult to um to coalesce like so many other shiro honda projects did and yeah i i I, yeah i'm I'm with producer tomiyuki tanaka and that that might have led to people going to see this movie and just having that deja vu of like haven't i seen this already which is not what you want from from a big spectacle movie like this and especially one that you're trying to make into a new property, you know. This is not a Godzilla movie. This right. is supposed to be a retread of that idea. This is a new creature, new idea, new story. So, for that, I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. And similarly, I'm going to give the evocative score a 5 out of 10. I was very excited for this movie. I think we talked about before we we watched them mm-hmm. that I I've only seen bits and pieces of it before, so I was very excited that this could be a new favorite non-Godzilla Ashiro Honda film. But yeah, a lot of a lot of people talk about this film and you know respects to kaiju cinema as a a whole and even to something like a Gorath where there's, you know, five minutes of a a kaiju in that movie. I don't feel like this really stacks up the kaiju battles don't really feel as epic. <laughs> is in some of those other movies, like I feel like Frankenstein conquers the world. Is is a is a more fun kaiju movie? They they play with the ideas in, in more fun ways. Yeah, so gave this a five out of ten for the evocative. What about what about you, Miles? So yeah,
0: I, I'm with you. I, I mm. also gave it a five out of ten on the evocative nature of it. I mean, this movie has been mostly forgotten and. Do I think it deserves to be forgotten? No. But I also understand why it didn't make a journey into the collective consciousness of other countries' pop cultures because this movie just doesn't doesn't quite land. And so while I could have easily have seen this on the sci-fi channel in the early 90s mm. as one of those kind of movies, again as an MST3K movie, it could have had a second life. And that's not just to make fun of the movie, just that like this movie has a lot that just doesn't quite go right through no fault of the actual creators. And that's what makes it kind of fun to lampoon these things where it's like, yeah, this, 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 this could have worked, but, and I, I feel like there, there was a real opportunity for that to happen that just never materialized. And so like, I mean, I I had never heard this movie until we started this podcast. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that's another barometer I use for, you know, the cultural significance. Like if, like some movies, I have, like, oh yeah, I've I've heard of that, but like I had never heard this movie
1: before feel, before. feel like I I heard of Yog before, but yeah, I, I a few years ago I had only seen those bits. I, and I have certainly heard of Yogg, which I, I hmm. <laughs> recently
0: sh- shared a My Chemical Romance shirt that I have uh, with Patrick. That is the basically taking the exact. Yog of the monster from space poster, but using it for an eyeball, <laughs> which is, is great. I, I know I heard, I'd seen like the yog. I'd never associated it with like anything else, mm-hmm. Um but I certainly hadn't seen it. But yeah, I mean. On one hand, like, yeah, if you live on as a Mike Chemical Romance t-shirt, that's pretty awesome, but there's no, like, <laughs> actual, like, association with Ashira Honda and the, the original. So, yeah, that they, they can't, can't live on My Chem alone.
1: Yeah, not, not a, not a big legacy for this film. Like we, we said, Kamebus shows up as a kaiju carcass in, I think, one of the Millennium series of uh, Godzilla films. I have it here in the notes oh yeah tokyo sos he he kind of washes up on shore and it's like oh no godzilla's back he killed some turtle <laughs> some giant turtle right so that brings your score a higher five mine to a lower five and our podcast final for space amoeba a five out of ten that it hurts to give honda a five out of ten that that it really is hurts. i can confirm i think i just checked it is his lowest outing, even lower than Varen than for us, that we have reviewed at the I, very I can, least. I can tell you, it will be his lowest outing because I... Uh, I <laughs> yeah, well, there's not many more after this, unfortunately,
0: but... No, but I, I mean, I know how I feel about his other movies. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so... Well, that, that does it. It's, uh, it's out there, Space Amoeba, one of the lower ones maybe of the entire kind of showa era as well from from toho but that is going to do it for this week's episode um where where can folks find us miles if they want to argue space amoeba's merits oh, boy
0: uh well you can uh tweet to us at Kaiju versus history. You can email us at kaiju history at gmail.com or go to our website, kaiju versus com. You can also yell at us at Letterboxd to see all of our reviews and watch our list of films. Mm-hmm. But Patrick, tell us what is going on next
1: week. Well, tis the season, Miles, as it were. We are taking a, a brief detour from our film history retrospectives of of these movies and you know gonna celebrate the kaiju holiday season again with a a special episode so (laughs) right after the holidays join us make some hot cocoa get out some some neon green cookies perhaps and uh, join us as we celebrate next time history versus the 2022 holiday kaiju special a bum, 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 bum.